This is Radio Free Pro Wrestling, the home of smart and stunning wrestling tapes, with your host, stunning Sean Burkhead. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Radio Free Pro Wrestling. It's kind of a bittersweet week. We lost a true legend in professional wrestling this week as the Iron Sheep passed away at age 81. Later on in the show, we're going to go in great detail over this man's career and what an interesting life he lived. But first, let's get you caught up on this week in professional wrestling. Let's go over to the Control Center. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. Okay, first news story. We finally found out the first two matches for Forbidden Door 2 as AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling put on their second joint venture. Okay, so the first matchup is a return matchup for the NJPW United States Heavyweight Championship as Will Ospreay defeated Lance Archer at NJPW Dominion last weekend. He will be facing off against Kenny Omega. The same Kenny Omega that defeated Will Ospreay for said title at Wrestle Kingdom this past January. And the second match is even better. It's a dream match. It's a match that I honestly thought I would never see as a wrestling fan. As we only get Okada versus Brian Danielson, the American Dragon. I'm going to leave the hype video for this matchup in the show notes. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. It's one of the best promos I have ever seen. As Brian Danielson is in the desert of the American Southwest, he talks about how great Okada is and how everybody thinks Okada is like this great wrestler. And he literally says like he's going to take Okada, the Rainmaker, and bring him into the desert. And there's no rain in a desert. So which of the two matches are you looking forward to the most? Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay, two, or Okada versus Brian Danielson. Now, on to our second news story. If you didn't watch Impact's Against All Odd special this past Friday, we have two new champions in Impact Wrestling. The Motor City Machine Guns, one of the best tag teams ever in Impact slash TNA history. The two members, Chris Saban, Alice Shelley, are single champions as Alice Shelley has finally climbed the mountain to gain his first run as the Impact World Heavyweight Champion as he beat Steve Macklin. And Chris Saban is now a historic nine-time holder of the X Division title as he defeated Trey Miguel. Now, we already know who Al Shelley will be facing at Slammiversary for the World Heavyweight title as Nick Aldis, the National Treasure, won the four-way to earn the title shot at Slammiversary. Our third news story this week is a return as Charlotte Flair made a surprise return last night on Friday Night SmackDown as Asa was receiving her new WWE Women's World title. Charlotte came down to the ring, challenged Asa to a match which Asa accepted. So in three weeks, the night before Money in the Bank at the O2 Arena for the SmackDown in London, we're going to see Asa versus Charlotte Flair for the new WWE Women's World title. Now, how do you feel about Charlotte Flair coming back and getting right back in attention for a world title? Do you feel it's too soon? Do you feel like she needed to have a couple matches before she faced Asuka? Let me know. And our final news story for the week. Last night on AEW Rampage, Sky Blue won a four-way match to win a opportunity to face Tony Storm for the AEW Women's Championship this coming up Wednesday night on Dynamite. And I have to say, this is the most shocking win I have seen in AEW in a while. 
as Sky Blue scored a pinfall victory over Nyla Rose. And in the match, she was also facing Mercedes Martinez and Britt Baker. And the end of this match was kind of interesting as Britt Baker nails her curve stop on Nyla Rose. Then Mercedes Martinez grabs Britt Baker, throws her out of the ring. Britt pulls Mercedes Martinez out of the ring. They battle as Sky Blue gets back in the ring. Hits the code blue, one, two, three, and the look on Sky's Blue's face when she won this match was priceless. You need to go back and watch this. I might even try to put the YouTube clip in the show notes. And that has been your control center for June 10th, 2023, here on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. And now it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly in the week that was professional wrestling. Okay, my goodness, wait, it may surprise a lot of you. I'm going to pick WWE overall TV product as right now they're on a hot run. If you watched this last week's episode of Monday Night Raw, we saw KO versus Godford slash Walter. We also had a match between Ricochet and Shinsuke Nakamura right there. Those two matches. Oh my god. How great was that? Then add in the fact that we saw Seth Rollins' first title defense of his new World Heavyweight Championship as he faced off against Damian Priest. And the fact that that match ended with a little bit of conflict between Finn Balor and Damian Priest. And we don't know which way that's going to go. Is Finn going to be kicked out of Judgment Day? Or is Damian Priest going to be a face and be the one who gets kicked out? Okay, then we move over to NXT. And we have the second most surprising outcome of a match this week as you saw Fia Hell win the women's battle royal so she's going to be the person to face off against Tiffany Stratton for the NXT Women's Championship and we also saw the return of Blair Davenport the form- former B Priestley and this is the fact that she's in this division now this women's division NXT is freaking stacked and what I mean is stacked with potential. I mean, we see the evolution of Tiffany Stratton over the last year. Could you imagine a year ago that she would be your NST Women's Champion at this moment? And now we have the possibility of a match between Roxanne Perez and Blair Davenport. Yes, sign me up, please. And finally, we move over to Friday Night Smackdown as we see the current NST Women's Tag Team Champions, Nana Dawn, of a fire face off against the baddest tag team on the planet, Ronald Rousey and Shayna Blazer. And we find out in two weeks we're having a unification match. And the fact that you saw Blazer and Rousey get their butts handed to them there for a minute and the NST Women's Tag Team Champions stood tall in the ring. That there shows you that there's a lot of faith being put into talent coming up from NST by the WWE. And we have the next chapter in the Bloodline storyline. As we're still trying to figure out what side of the coin Jay Uso is going to come on. The show starts with Paul Heyman and Solo in the ring. They have Jay come down. They offer Jay the world to turn on his brother Jimmy. Like, here's your United States Heavyweight Championship shot. Roman's going to make you the next in line to be the tribal chief. And during the show, Jay Uso is playing the best neutral tweener I've seen probably since Sting had that run where he basically turned his back on WCW like you guys turn your back on me I'm going away for a while and the only thing certain about Sting is there's nothing certain at all and it was like a 17 month build before we saw Sting versus Hogan at Starcade 1997 now granted I'm not saying hey let's do this for 17 months and we finally get Jay to have this epic match against Roman but I got a feeling that we're going to a epic matchup of one of the Usos versus Roman for that title. 
hopefully by Survivor Series, I think you can drag it out that long. I feel like if you try to drag it to SummerSlam, I feel that's still just a little bit too soon. But anything past Survivor Series, I feel like you're being a dead horse. But this has been one of the best runs WWE has been on in a good while. Okay, so let's move over to my bad this week. And my bad comes from something that was really awesome on AEW Dynamite. As we saw MJF out in the center of the ring, he's saying, there's nobody left for me to beat here. I have no competition. I want some competition. And who comes out? But Adam Cole, baby. And I love their interaction. I love the singers. They have some good ones. But my bad is the fact that, yes, we get a match between these two gentlemen this week on AEW Dynamite. My problem with this is why does Adam Cole need to go through this process to get a world title match? We just saw on Friday Night SmackDown, Charlotte Flair returned, challenged Asta, the champion said, cool, I'll face you. And I love the fact that in this promo battle between MJF and Adam Cole, Adam Cole tricks MJF into making this match happen. Save this match for all in, and that way you have this big freaking matchup that could draw a lot of people to AEW. Now we get a good match on a weekly episode of Dynamite that a lot of people are going to forget about in about six months, where you could actually have these two face off against each other for the first time at a big freaking show. Okay, my ugly this week comes to NXT. Now, at the beginning of the show, Baron Corbin comes out, basically runs down Carmella Hayes, and who comes out? It's Ilya Dragunov. And Ilya Dragunov is facing up to the big bad bully here in Baron Corbin, and he's like, hey, you want a match? I'm more than happy to fight you. And I was thinking, we're going to get this match on that episode of NXT. Later on, we saw Braun Breaker beat the heck out of Ilya Dragunov, so we didn't get the match. But at the end of that exchange between Dragunov and Baron Corbin, Trick William comes out and is a house of fire and beats the heck out of Corbin. And we found out that we're going to get Trick William versus Baron Corbin for the main event of the show. This is where my ugly comes in. I really love Trick William. He's a good Robin to Carmella Hayes Batman. And the fact that Baron Corbin beat him so convincingly in this match is my ugly because I feel like Trick William, just like Carmella Hayes, can be a star for you. You bring Baron Corbin back down to NXT. To me, I feel like he should be one of those veterans to help the new up-and-coming wrestlers advance to the main roster. That's the reason he should be in NXT. I don't want to see Baron Corbin anywhere near the NXT title. No. Baron Corbin doesn't need a title. He is a modern-day enhancement talent. He's kind of like the WCW gambler. If you remember that character back in the day, that wrestler was always put into a match with the fresh young babyface, and it was a basic match, but it was a match to get the face over. Baron Corbin needs to be in that slot, and for him to beat Trick Williams, I was like, why the hell is this match happening? And that has been my good, the bad, and the ugly that was the week in professional wrestling. This is RFPW In-Depth. Sean and David take a deeper look at a wrestling promotion or wrestler that you should check out. Earlier in the show, I was talking about the passing of the Iron Sheet this week. Now, personally for me, my first experience with the Iron Sheet was the WWE, or the, actually the WWF cartoon they had on Saturday mornings, where he was one of the villains in this cartoon. It wasn't until like 1989 that my family got cable and I got to see the Iron Sheet. 
Now, by that time, he was feuding with like Sergeant Slaughter and eventually became the manager of Sergeant Slaughter during that phase where Slaughter was the Iraqi sympathizer. But for us younger wrestling fans, we really need to go back and look at the career of the Iron Sheik because this guy had one hell of a life and he's probably easily the best wrestling heel of his generation and probably history. So the Iron Sheik was born in 1942 in Iran. And growing up, he analyzed this great Roman wrestler from Iran, Tajin. He was like the biggest athlete in Iran at the time. And the young Sheik analyzed this guy and went into great Roman wrestling. And the Sheik tried out for like the 1968 Iranian Olympic team. And he almost made it. From that there, he moved on to be a bodyguard to the last Shah of Iran. So the Sheik's idol mysteriously dies in 1968. Tajin allegedly took his own life. Now, the sheep, fearing for his own life, flees Iran to the United States. He ends up in New York for just a little bit. Then he moves on to Minnesota, where he finds Vern Gagne. And the funny thing is, he becomes a assistant coach to the U.S. Roman wrestling team. And he's the assistant coach for the 1972 U.S. wrestling team, which I didn't know until I started doing some research for this episode. So the Sheik gets hooked up with Vern Gagne, and Vern Gagne is legendary for how tough his wrestling school is, because he only wants the real wrestlers. He loved Greg Roman wrestling, and he would do everything in his power to make people quit, because he only wanted the people who really wanted to be there. And in the class with the Sheik was one Ric Flair. And the early part of the Sheik's career, he was a clean-cut babyface which you would never imagine seeing what he turned into so as the iranian hostage situation during the 19 well the late 1970s and early 80s heat up a wrestling promoter turned to the sheik and said you should dig into this and become the character of the sheik and this is how the sheik became this super hot hill and he takes the name the Great Hassan Arab. And that's where he won his first ever title. The one half of the Canadian Tag Team Championship with a partner by the name of the Texas Outlaw. By this late in 1979, the WWE slash WWF finally takes notice of the sheet. They bring him in to do the first ever Battle Royal at Madison Square Garden where he wins and he gets the opportunity to face the champion Bob Backlund who faces him the same night in a 30-minute match and Backlund pins him so later on in his first run with the WWF he faced off against Chief Jay Strombo and also Bruno San Martino so the WWF was putting him right into the main event he leaves the WWF in 1980 heads over to the Jim Crockett promotions spends a little time down there wrestling the likes of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat Dusty Rhodes then moves over to Miss South has a fuse there and eventually finds his way back to the WWF in 1983 and into the biggest slot of his career because the WWF is looking for the person to take the belt off of Bob Backlund as they get Hulk Hogan into the company and this man promised Hulk Hogan the WWF title if he comes over to his promotion from the AWA. Now Backlund doesn't respect Hulk Hogan and he refuses to give the belt to Hogan. He doesn't want to lay down for Hogan. So they're looking for an opponent that Batlin respects. Batlin respects the Iron Sheet. They have the match. And the Sheet locks 
the Kemble Clutch onto Backlin. Backlin's manager tosses a towel in. So the title gets moved over to the Sheik. And we get the Sheik versus Hulk Hogan. One of the biggest matches for Hulk Hogan to kick off the era that we know as Hulkamania. And there's a big legendary story that Vern Gagne promised a lot of money to the Iron Sheik if he would go in business for himself and break the leg of Hulk Hogan. Now the Sheik didn't take the deal and everything else is history. The Sheik did business with Hogan and they had one epic rivalry. Okay, so after he loses the belt to Hogan, they pair him up with Nikolai Volov to form this mega hill team of the Iranian and the Russian versus the U.S. Express. Bernie Wyndham, Mike Rotana at the first WrestleMania. The Iron Sheet was inducted to the WWF Hall of Fame at WrestleMania 21 by Sergeant Slaughter. And the last time the Sheet wrestled for the WWF was at WrestleMania 7 as he was in that gimmick battle royal, and he won the match as he eliminated Hibbley Jim. But after the match, Sergeant Slaughter came down and put him into the cover clutch, which was one of my favorite moments from WrestleMania 17. Now, outside the ring, the Sheik had to overcome drug addiction like a lot of wrestlers from this era. We here at Ray Reed Professional Wrestling want to send out our condolences to his family, friends, and the fans of the Iron Sheik. If you have some time over to following week look at the show notes i have some links to some really cool iron sheet matches and a documentary that i watched to get some information for this segment on the iron sheet what's on tap the guys give you their picks on what you can't miss this week okay guys first up if you want to go over to demandprogress.com they have the first night of the Super Strong Style 16 tournament up there ready for viewing. And this card is highlighted by Will Ospreay's first match back in progress in a number of years. Okay, back here state side Tuesday night. This card for NXT looks pretty dang stacked. As we're going to get that match between Ilya Dragunov and Baron Corman. You already know how I feel about this match. If Dragunov doesn't win, you're probably going to have a bell me out somewhere. And we also get a six-man match. Where we see the system, Joe Gacy and the Dyad versus Wesley, Tyler Blakes, and Ali. That could be an interesting match. And the question is, is Ali being a babyface in NXT? Or is he going to be the one that turns on Wes and Tyler Bates? I really feel like the schism could use a win. But I kind of want to see what happens to Ali here. Because I feel like the next challenger for the North American title is going to be in this match. And it's going to be one of the partners for Wesley. And we're going to see the first ever defense at the Harris Cup on NST TV proper as Noah and Dar faces off against Nathan Fraser. I got a feeling that Fraser is not going to carry today here and Supernova 11 is going to keep his prize Harris Cup here by devious means. And we also have two women's matches on this episode of NST as Fia Hill coming off her Battle Royal win will face off against Cora J. I really kind of torn about this match because I feel like Cora should have a win here but if we're going to continue the storyline that Fia is going to be the person to challenge Tiffany Stratton for the title she needs to defeat Cora J here to be a valuable contender for the NFC Women's title and the other match is Roxanne Perez versus Paxley Tayton so the question is does Roxanne Perez get payback on Paxley here or do we see another attack by Blair Downport on Roxanne Perez I got a feeling it's the latter Okay, moving over to AEW, we have five matches already announced for this coming up episode of Dynamite. The first being the TNT Championship, Warlow versus 
Jake Hager. Now this is two hosses fighting and I feel like this should be a entertaining match and Warlow needs another victory to reheat himself up because he's nowhere as hot as he was a year ago. Now we can't count out some outside interference as we know last week on Dynamite, Christian Cage and Lucasaurus attacked Brock Anderson, the son of Arn Anderson. So I got a feeling that that may play a little bit in this title match. Our third match is for the AEW Women's Championship as Tony Storm takes on Sky Blue. Now, here's the $64 million question. Can AEW figure out some way for us to suspend our disbelief and make us believe Sky Blue has a chance to beat Tony Storm? I feel like this is going to be a match that highlights Tony Storm and continues the storyline of the Outcast battling against Britt Baker, DMD, Sheeta, and Jamie Hager. Hopefully, Hager is getting closer to being clear to wrestle as we make our way to All In in July, but I got a feeling that Tony Storm is not dropping the title here to Sky Blue, even though I feel like down the road, a Sky Blue title win would be a great pop for a AEW crowd. Okay, the next match we got up is the Muggle Embassy, that is Storm's Britain's crew, versus Darby Allen, Sting, Orange Cassidy, and Keith Lee. Now, these guys have been locked in a forever battle. I'm talking about Storm's Britain and Keith Lee. I'm hoping eventually this may be the blow-off I doubt it's a blow off to the feud, but I want to see Keith Lee and First Witten go to face other people. Should be an entertaining eight-man tag match, but nothing to write home about. And we also have a trios match at the Blackpool Combat Club versus Heyman Page and the Young Bucks. This is going to be a hell of a match. And I feel like this is going to continue the feud between the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club. And I have a feeling that the club is going to find yet another way to cheat to win to get a victory over Heyman, Adam Page, and the Young Bucks as we lead on to later in the summer. And the last match we need to talk about for AEW Dynamite is MGF versus Adam Cole. In the championship eliminator match. Why in the world this match is happening on free TV? I don't know. You already know my feelings about this match. It's going to be great. I'm going to enjoy watching it Wednesday night. But this match should have been saved for a pay-per-view. And finally on SmackDown coming up this Friday. We have the tag team gauntlet match. Which will have LWO members versus Pretty Deadly. Versus Luke Gallows. Machine Gun Carl Anderson. Versus the Street Profits. And Sheamus and... Ridge Holland. Should be a fun match to determine the number one, number one contenders for the WWE Undisputed Universal Tag Team Championships that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens has. If I had a pick of winner of this match, I would have to say it's the Street Profits, even though my heart wants to say pretty deadly. And we have the return of the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns and the continuation of the Bloodline storyline. And on the Grayson Waller effect, Charlotte Flair is his guest. And I got a feeling that Austin's going to interrupt either that or it's going to be Bianca Belair interrupting this. Somehow getting Bianca back into the title picture. As if you saw last Friday night's episode of Friday Night Smackdown, Adam Pierce promised Belair an opportunity to face Asuka for the title if she wouldn't interfere in the presentation of the new title to Asuka. She did not. But later on the show, it was shown that she was unhappy that the fact that Charlotte Flair got a title shot before she did. So I got a feeling this is going to turn into a triple threat match at Money in the Bank. 
And that brings us to a close of this episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Before I go, want to thank you for joining me this week. As always, head over to www.radiofreepw for all the latest information. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Free PW and also Instagram. And join our Facebook group at Radio Free Professional Wrestling. And until I join you next week, stay stunning. This is Sergeant Arms and Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.